This is Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Now in our second decade of bringing you the best independent New York Red Bulls news and opinion with your hosts, Mark Fishkin and Joe Goldstein. The Red Bulls thrash a 10-man city side to turn the Open Cup quarterfinals red Wednesday night at Red Bull Arena. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Mark Fishkin flying solo in this episode 499 of Seeing Red. Tonight, we'll go inside the 3-0 beatdown of NYCFC. I'll provide my bowl of the match. We'll set up the Open Cup the rest of the way because we have seen the draw um, set for the rest of the Open Cup. We'll preview LAFC away 3 p.m. on Sunday on ABC. I'll go around MLS. Our guest tonight is Alicia Rodriguez, SoCal SB Nation reporter. Give our her insight on uh, on LAFC and then an email or two. Well, folks, Wednesday night was the type of night to make you feel good as a fan of the New York Red Bulls. New York battled NYCFC to a standstill, a very, very rough, uh, emotional, physical first half. And then after halftime, that's when things got kicked off and really fun. A free kick, a nod down, and there's Lewis Morgan uh, to finish and score the first goal on a hapless backup NYCFC keeper. Gave New York the the 1-0 lead. And then (laughs) what may have been a key moment of the match, Tiago Andrade, for some reason, decided that it was okay to headbutt John Tolkien directly in front of the ref. Uh, from, from what, uh, Jamai said, he pretty much said, Hey, what's up? And that was enough to set off Andrade, um, an impactful midfielder for NYC. And then, uh, New York was able to take advantage of there because just, uh, eight minutes later, uh, a, a shot by Klamala is saved and there is Lukinas to deftly maneuver around the New York City defense and finish into a somewhat open net to give New York a 2-0 lead. And then, of course, um, Steven Sawarda, welcome to New York Red Bulls with the depth pass down the right uh, the right side over to uh, a Cam Harper who puts it just on a dime for Omer Fernandez sitting all alone at the top of the six. He won't miss from there uh, after a nifty turn and that that's as all she wrote new york a three nothing winner unfortunately um tom edwards gets involved with maxi morales after the final whistle uh, and is red carded which means that he will miss the red bulls semi-final against either orlando or nashville and that's at orlando or nashville because the red bulls unfortunately during the uh final draft um of the U.S. Open Cup season, I guess, uh, got the third spot, which means that they would travel to Orlando or Nashville in the semifinal, regardless of who uh, wins that game next Wednesday night. But they would host the Open Cup final if, on the other side of the bracket, Sacramento can overtake Sporting KC in Children's uh, Mercy Park in the other semifinal. And for Red Bulls fans, the idea of possibly going back to the scene of the 2017 Open Cup final is not exactly something that makes me feel particularly confident, but you know that uh, Struper and the Red Bulls are only looking at the game ahead of them. And the good news for them is um, 
as they get ready to go to, to Southern California, they're leaving today. They're actually going to have a day of relative quiet on the other end of their trip to get ready and then prepare for a very, very tough LAFC opponent that's sitting in the shield spot right now. Um, so many different choices for Bull of the Week. You can make the argue that Lukinyas's finish was sublime and uh, was a clear winner. You could make the argument that Carlos Coronel, with a, with a couple of quality saves, um, could be the bull of the week. I'm actually going to give mine to Lewis Morgan because his quality finish of a ball kind of played over the top for him um, really helped push New York ahead in the match. I thought while he definitely faded late, I'm going to give uh, mine to Lewis Morgan, who very quietly is racking up some phenomenal numbers uh, for the New York Red Bulls this year. He is, let's pull it up. Let's pull up the stats. He's right now leading the team in league goals uh, with seven goals and assists. He has a couple of U.S. Open Cup goals, so he is nearing double digits for the year. And in the media call earlier this morning, Friday morning, Morgan said that once he gets to double-digit goals, then he'll set another uh, another goal for him. That was his early season marker is what he viewed as success for the New York Red Bulls. Lukinas is obviously quickly coming up behind him. Um, I thought Tom Barlow played incredibly well. And yes, you know, in a world where, where Tom Barlow may be hard-pressed to score, he pushed and pressed and used his physical presence um, to keep NYC uh, pinned at times. This was a typical Red Bulls game. NYC dominated the possession chart, which is totally fine for Red Bulls. Uh, let me just pull up the stats of the match here, if I may. Come on, stats. Um, yeah, 65% possession for NYC, equal on shots, 9-9. Red Bulls put five shots on goal compared to three for NYC. Um, City outpassed New York. Their passing accuracy was better. They had more corners and more crosses. But listen, at the end of the day, the scoreboard that all is all that matters. And I believe that Maxime Chanot said after the game for City that uh, the score didn't indicate the lopsidedness of the match. And maybe looking at the first half, you can make that argument. But listen, um, I, I think for City, not starting Sean Johnson was a massive mistake. And when you show that you are not all in, that you're not going for it, um, the soccer gods may certainly punish you. So... Again, uh, it's the, the last week of July. I think it's the, the 27th, 26th or 27th of July will be the Open Cup semifinal for New York, either at Orlando or at Nashville. And you can watch that semifinal next week on ESPN+. Plus. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about this week's opponent. Uh, Sunday at 3 on ABC, the Red Bulls visit Tabletoppers Los Angeles Football Club. LA 9, 3, and 3 for 30 points, their first in MLS, four points and four places above the Red Bulls on the shield table. They have scored 30 goals in 15 matches and conceded only 17. That's by far the best attack of MLS. And LAFC, as you'll hear through my talk with Alicia Rodriguez, has really retooled 
after missing the playoffs last year. Uh, USMNT legend Steve Chirundolo has come in to be the manager as Bob Bradley has decided to head to Canada to be with his son. Michael uh, Donnell Henry, the Canadian center back, has arrived as a free agent. Ryan Hollingshead joined from Dallas. Uh, Maxine Crapeau is the starting keeper who came from Vancouver. And John McCarthy, um, who Red Bull fans know from his Open Cup time in Philadelphia. Kellen Acosta joined from Colorado. Ilya Sanchez joined from SKC. Ismail Desuri Shradi joined from NYCFC and fullback at Fran- Franco Escobar joined from Atlanta. So as you can see, this is a ton of veteran MLS talent that has joined LAFC and they've they've played to some success. Uh, in addition, they've also signed recently uh, Giorgio uh Cialini from Juventus, who's 37 years old, and he's made over 600 appearances for Juve and the Italian national team. He's a World Cup champion. I don't understand that personally. I I don't know if LAFC needs to sell tickets. I don't know if they don't have veteran leadership. I don't know if this is a marketing move. Um, I don't know how effective a 37-year-old Cialini will be in MLS, but he's not there yet. Um... They have had injury issues as well. They've had eight different attacking lineups uh, over the course of the first part of the season, first half of the season. And again, they're on top of the MLS table. Um, they're second in the West at home with five wins, one loss, and two draws, 17 of the 30 points. Their last few matches have been uneven as they have navigated the Open Cup as well as MLS play. In MLS, two wins, two losses, and a draw in their last five. Last time out, a 79th-minute goal by Ecuadorian Arango, um, pulled even in Seattle, which is a quality win, a quality result for this team. Before that, a 3-2 win over San Jose. There's Arango again, Hollingshead, and Brian Rodriguez with the goals. Before that, a 2-0 win at LAFC with Carlos Vela, who leads the team with six, and Cifuentes with goals. Um Before that, back-to-back league losses, a 1-2 loss in Austin, uh, only scored when Carlos Vela had an 86-minute PK, and then a 2-0 loss at LAFC, both of the Rapids goals coming on PKs. Uh, They had a, a, a nice run in the Open Cup. They beat Orange County 5-1, smashed them. They beat Portland 2-0 at home, and then they lost a Trafico Open Cup round of 16 match um, 3-1 in Carson. The teams have met twice. Their home team has won both matches. Uh, Royer has two goals all time. CCJ has one goal. Here's the probable 11. Crapo in goal, uh, 15 goals against in 14 games and four clean sheets. Diego Palacios, the left back with two assists. Uh, Sebastian Imihaga, former uh, NYCFC, and Jesus Murillo from Colombia with a goal and two assists are the center backs. Hollingshead on the right pushes up into the attack. He has four goals. Uh, three man, this is usually a 4 3 3 for Chirundolo, Jose Cifuentes, an Ecuadorian with three goals and three assists. Dangerous Ilya Sanchez from Kansas City with a goal. Latif Blessing from Kansas City with, uh, with no points yet for LAFC, but yikes. Um, the front line is deadly. Carlos Vela, six goals and two assists. Christian Arango, the Colombian I mentioned earlier, with four goals and an assist. And on the right wing, Danny Masovsky, a young American with a goal and an assist. So this is a veteran team. They've had a lot of talent. They're a a prime 
uh, attacking team, but consider that they've given up nine goals in their last six games. And uh, Alicia Rodriguez will tell us that a bit of that is because of squad rotation around U.S. Open Cup matches, and that may be the case, but there are definitely weaknesses in this team. And in today's uh, media call, Struber said that they are very good, and he gave heap, heaping praise on them, but did at the same time say that they were um, there are weaknesses of this team that can be exploited. So we shall see. All right, let's quickly go around MLS. The schedule starts this evening, Friday. Cincinnati hosting Orlando. I'm going to give say that's a draw. I'm going to take a page out of Joe's book. Seattle hosting Kansas City. Saturday at 3 o'clock on ABC. I think that's a Seattle win. And then on ESPN, DCU, who was just named this week to host the 2023 All-Star Game, hosting Nashville. I'm not so convinced that Nashville is in great form, so I'm going to call that a 1-1 draw. Uh, Montreal hosting Charlotte at 7.30. Yeah, that's a win for Montreal. Toronto hosting Atlanta. Atlanta wins here. Houston hosting Chicago. I don't know. This is on Unimas and Tudeane. I think Houston wins at home here. Um, Miami, Inter-Miami hosting Minnesota. That will be a draw or a win for Miami. Austin hosting Dallas. That's a five-ball game at 9 o'clock Saturday night. I'm going to give the advantage to the home team there. RSL welcoming um, Columbus to Rio Tinto at 10. I think RSL takes this easily. And Portland welcoming the Colorado Rapids. I think that's a draw. And then Sunday, uh, before our game or after our game at 6 o'clock on FS1, it's Philadelphia hosting NYC. That's another five-ball match. Can... Um, can City get a point here? Philadelphia has drawn something like five or six games in a row. NYC is going to be pissed about their uh, getting their smackdown they received to the Red Bulls. I think City wins this. And Vancouver welcoming New England. It's going to be really late. Um, a, a tough time change for New England, but I think they get the job done here. And then our match, I'm going to call this a 1-1 draw between LAFC and Red Bulls as more people taking seriously the notion that the Red Bulls are in the league's elite. And by getting a point at LAFC, they will prove that's absolutely the case. Um, when we're back on Seeing Red, we're going to talk to Alicia Rodriguez, the SoCal SB Nation reporter. Keep it here. Hey, it's Mark. Our next partner has a product I recently became aware of, and that's AG1 from Athletic Greens. So what is AG1? With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, really. Um, It's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan like me, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it works with all those diets. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Now, some of you, I know, take some type of multivitamin. Some of you take multiple multivitamins every day. It's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And with AG1, it's cheaper, and you're getting all those different supplements yourself. It costs less than $3 a day. So if you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. 
Uh, Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company, and for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to Seeing Red. Back on Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup, Red Bulls flying high after their Open Cup midweek win and now make the long trip to Bank of California Stadium to take on LAFC. And we're very, very pleased to have back on Seeing Red. After a prolonged absence, uh, Alicia Rodriguez, who covers Southern California MLS teams for SB Nation. How are you, Alicia? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well. Thanks for having me on. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, LAFC has been a force in the league, certainly since since they entered. Um, it seems as if it seems as if uh, the team has completely retooled, though, this season for for uh, new new coach Steve Tarangelo. Tell us a little bit about the story of the evolution of LAFC and what's made them so successful so far. Yeah, well, last season was actually uh, quite a disappointment. Um, they didn't make the playoffs. And I think considering the amount of talent that they had on the squad, that was a big surprise. So um, in turn, in the offseason, in addition to Bob Bradley uh, mutually parting ways, literally mutually, it was not a firing or I quit. It was, I think both sides were ready to, to move on. Um, Trendolo came in as, as the head coach, but I think more importantly, as importantly, um, GM John Thorrington added a lot of MLS experience to the roster. And that was something that I think had been missing the previous two years when injuries, um, COVID absences, you name it, had really uh, shown that there wasn't a lot of depth on the squad. And so uh, he got to work making a lot of moves, trades, uh, free agent signings to bolster the experience level, particularly among players who had a good amount of MLS experience on the roster. Um, I think those players have vetted in pretty well so far. Uh, quite a few of them have become starters. And I think the overall depth of the team is a lot stronger this year. And, you know, so far they're in first place in the in the standings. So I think that that kind of is borne out that, you know, the, the strategy that they used in the off season was an effective one. It, in looking at the, the schedule and we did a, a similar review of, of NYCFC this week in terms of, yes, they had a strong, they have a strong result, but who did they really play? Who, who are the teams that really stood out or the quality results and, and just scrolling and looking through LAFC's um, schedule here, you know, it, it, they'd be hard pressed to say, they have run a gauntlet of the premier teams in MLS. Yes, uh, a draw away at Seattle, a huge result for them for sure. They dropped one of their three games at Austin. Uh, they lost to a Colorado side that's been kind of meh. And, of course, they, they've lost um, the first El Trafico of the season in the league, and then they had their Open Cup loss as well. And so despite the fact that the team is playing, uh, is in the top spot in the league, do you feel there are areas they can improve? 
Well, I actually think that uh, most of those losses are, you, you can kind of contextualize with them coming in the middle of the Open Cup run. Um, so they were rotating like that loss against Colorado uh, was one where it was sort of like, well, let's see what these guys do. Um, and they didn't show up. And so, you know, that was sort of a, okay, you know, good to know. Let's move on to the next one. Um, I think the losses to the Galaxy are the ones that are by far the most concerning for a, a number sure. of reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so far it seems like their schedule has been fairly uh, home heavy and the road games have been fair, relatively kind. Um, you know, so there's probably a few pretty tricky fixtures coming up. I know uh, I'm planning to get out to the one in Nashville uh, next month. So, you know, that's probably going to be a pretty good test, although Nashville haven't played great at their new house, but um, they've obviously been a good team and and one that LAFC really haven't seen. So it's going to be interesting for games like that. Um, but having said that, I think, you know, there's um, MLS, we know it's, it's a weird beast, right? Like there's teams that you think you should, you know, absolutely spank and they get uh, a one goal win on you and, and games where you, you don't think you have a chance and, and um, you don't have a chance, you know, like it, it's just kind of all over the place. It's so, a, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously we still got about half a season to go. And the, the real proof will be in seeing if they're atop the standings come season's end or not. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see. For sure. Well, they definitely look like a playoff team, which I think after last season uh, it would be a massive improvement. For, for Red Bull fans who certainly know Carlos Vela and maybe they know Brian Rodriguez, um, uh, who are the, the, the key pieces that have been added that have made a difference for LAFC this year? Well, he came midseason last year, but... Uh, haven't the Red Bulls haven't seen him and that's uh Christian Arango. Um he is a number nine from Columbia, uh one of those rare, rarer uh, you know, he got signed at twenty six. So not not really the profile of what we're seeing in MLS a lot these days. Um but he was I think brought on to score goals and by and large he's done that. Uh he started this season a little on the slow side, but I think he's been picking up in, in recent uh, matches. Obviously, we just had a three-week break, so not recent <laughs> weeks, but recent matches. Um, and he got the equalizer uh, the other day in Seattle. Um, you know, so I think he's he's a pretty important piece. Uh, Quadro Opoku has been a player who I think is, has really earned his playing time. He's a, a young uh, Ghanaian winger striker, kind of wide forward type. Um, he can create a goal himself at times, which is something that um, I think any player who's able to do that uh, can be pretty valuable. Um, you know, he's young. He's still, I think, coming to grips with some consistency, but um, he can definitely be a player who, you know, dribbles through two defenders, gets a shot off that you weren't expecting, and, and can flip a game for you. So um, those are some of the guys who've, who've uh, improved. But in the back, I think the big one is uh, Maxime Cropot, the goalkeeper, LAFC had historically had you know it's a short history but they've really and I know the Red Bulls have a, a similar history you know at times uh, of of kind of cycling through goalkeepers um, but Kripo obviously has a, a really good track record in MLS and I think he's he's off to a pretty good start he did have a wobble uh, in Seattle last weekend and, and that caused the the goal that they gave up but I think otherwise he's been pretty well flawless so um, definitely an upgrade there for LAFC. Um, and talk to us a little bit about what Chirondolo, the playing style of the team. And I'm curious if, I mean, listen, no one, as, as I'm sure you know, no one presses like, like New York. Um, that, that is their bread and butter, and that's part of the reason why they've been so successful. But 
talk to us a little bit about what uh, type of tactics that we usually see from from um, Trondolo and LAFC, and then if they've how they've dealt with press in the past. Yeah, I think it's an evolution. Um, so when Bob Bradley left and Steve Trondolo came in, you know, he didn't kind of uh, reinvent the wheel. I think to a large extent, the the attack has been more or less the same as as what it was under Bradley. I think the difference is. Uh, there's more balance between uh, offense and, and defense. And I think the defense, you know, the, they are a little more disciplined. Um, I think at t- aside from 2019, when I think everything was just working out perfectly, I think we saw a lot under Bradley's LAFC teams that they could get pumped, you know, in transition pretty easily. And obviously for a team that presses, that's their bread and butter. That's what the, they're trying to do more often than not. Uh, I think with Trundolo, they've gotten a lot more disciplined and they're they're less apt to allow teams to kind of slice through them, uh, get off to the races and have one guy back desperately trying to scramble and, and missing entirely. Or, you know, there's not enough numbers back to uh, cover the guy who's coming on the trailing run and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's improved in a lot of ways and it seems a lot more sensible uh, to me. You know, maybe you're not scoring four goals a, ga- a game every time but if you can score two and get a two no win or a two one win like that's fine that's not you know that's not the end of the world it still counts exactly so i think that's the difference having said that a a good number of those players uh have the experience of you know the the old regime and the new regime and there are times in which you can see sort of patterns you know i think in particular when uh you see a big switch. You see the guy on the back shoulder of, of the of the wide man. You know they kind of lose sight of him sometimes, and and he can you know provide an entry, things like that. Um, in terms of pressing, you know I think obviously it's going to be a little bit of a of a challenge in in some regards for LAFC, but you know we've seen the the kamikaze press of San Jose in you know quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, LAFC played Philadelphia pretty recently and they're sort of a Red Bulls light, uh, style of play. So, you know, it's not something that's wholly foreign, but obviously, uh, it is going to be a little bit of a, of a different look. And, you know, I'm as interested as anybody to see how it turns out. Yeah, for sure. You'd mentioned Crapo uh, and, and the quality he brings. It, the team's conceded nine times in the last six games. So while certainly LAFC is known for its attacking flair and style and proficiency, it, it seems to have been a bit leaky in the back as of late. Yeah, again, I think it was, uh, you know, down to kind of the, the Open Cup run and sort of a, you know, what are we going to prioritize? Gosh, yeah, um, and and fixture congestion. I mean, there, there was a, you know, pretty much every team went through that run before the break of, yeah. you know, nine games in a month or whatever and, and just sort of hanging on for dear life. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff to improve on, and I think that there – is plenty of tape for opponents to see ways in which you can you can break down this new look LAFC side, um, but we have seen some injuries, you know, in that span. Um, remarkably, they go like five, six deep in, in center back, and at one point they wow. were kind of out of center backs, and uh, Ilya Sanchez had to move back there, oh, you know, for a game. So stuff like that that it's sort of like, well, we'll see what happens, and then it's like, oh, that was a bad loss. Okay, you know, right. I guess that doesn't work. Uh, move on. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, I don't want to come here and say, you know, they're a perfect team. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but I, to me, I think to a large extent, some of those issues are. You know, things you can kind of uh, 
you know, make, make some rationales for, for why something happened in a given game and it had a knock-on effect in the next one, that sort of thing. Yeah, I get it. Um, lastly, Alicia, and this, and this has been terrific. Thank you so much. Um, Chirundolo in general, I mean, he, for USMNT 90s era uh, old heads, he was always the steady, um, calming presence in the back, never spectacular, always made the right move, had unbelievable durability with his time for the national team, played in a number of World Cups, played his entire career in Germany at a time when that was rare for American players and has been coaching there and now has uh, arrived here. How have you found him to be? Is he, is he happy to be here? Is he, uh, you know, learning MLS is a transition for any international coach and I would label him as such. Yeah, I think he, he likes it. He said that he wanted to get back to California um, with his family. You know, I think that they had a, a really, enjoyable run in Germany, but he had bounced around a little bit after he left Hanover, um, you know, in the coaching sense, you know, he, he had a, a handful of appointments, you know, not saying anything good or bad either way on that, but just, you know, kind of moved around a little bit. And I think they maybe wanted a little bit of stability, be closer to his family, um, have an opportunity to, you know, ex- get the kids to, you know, live the California lifestyle, that sort of thing. Um, work-wise, you know, I think he's, he's somebody who definitely, continues the steady presence, uh, calming influence uh, in public. Uh, I've heard that he can get pretty fired up in, in training, which is good. I think a lot of people talk to him and, and get the sense that, you know, maybe he, he can't raise the level, uh, you know, internally, but I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he, he definitely can. I think he has sort of the, the fire and ice uh, in equal measure. And, but I do think that he's a little bit of a, a different personality style compared to Bob Bradley. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons why the the time with, with Bradley sort of came to a natural conclusion was, you know, his style is extremely demanding and extremely high energy. And I think after a while, the players sort of start tuning it out. Off, and, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened. It, I, I, I think to a large extent, that's sort of, you know, why it made sense for, for everybody to move on at that point. And I think for, for Steve, you know, he, he's a little more enthusiastic and, and, you know, positive energy instead of uh, let's fix this kind of energy um, like we saw with, with Bob. And obviously that was very effective for, for quite, quite some time, but I think it was time for a change. So yeah, it's been interesting so far. I, I've been impressed with Trendolo's, uh in-game management. He, he has an ability to uh, make substitutions that are actually effective and can change games. And that's essentially what you want out of a manager inside a game and he's been doing it so far so i've been really impressed with that yeah I, i've heard the this the goal scoring uh difference between the first half and the second half and it's it's completely night and day that 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 halftime the adjustments made have, have usually worked um and frankly i mean this is a massive test for red bulls i think they've raised some eyebrows across the league with their their thorough thumping of NYC, who, uh, you know, was perceived to be the the best team in the East. And um, this will be a massive test, especially coming off a a big emotional win uh, at home. But I really appreciate you spending the time with me. And thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Yeah, you too. It's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, we've got more Seeing Red coming up after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, it's Mark. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. 
Now comes Magic Spoon with a variety pack includes four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs. It's only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-free, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And the best part about it, you can mix them together. Mixing cocoa and peanut butter tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup. So right now, I'd like you to go to magicspoon.com slash seeingred to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use promo code seeingred at checkout for $5 off your offer. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, they've backed it with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash seeingred and use the code seeingred for $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Back to the show. We're back on Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Mark, you're flying solo. Email time. Write us anytime at seeingredny at gmail.com. Uh, here's Chris Brandon Whitaker, who writes, Mark and Joe, okay, the Open Cup game against the Blue Losers wasn't a touchdown to nothing, but a field goal to nothing is pretty sweet. Morgan and Lukinas both score again. I love that duo. And just think what our attack would be like if we had a striker who could score goals. Wait. Isn't that what strikers are supposed to do? With the summer window opening soon, do you think the Red Bulls will bring in a forward? Who do you think we'll get? Is there an American striker we should be looking at too? Thanks for your wonderful show, Chris in Kingston. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, yeah, I think a striker is most definitely on the list when the transfer window opens on July 7th, and that's real soon, folks. Uh, real soon. I think Joachim Schneider is most certainly interested in bringing in not only left-back help uh, for Jamai, but also a quality striker. I think we can all agree that Fletcher has not panned out. I don't anticipate New York picking up his option. And so I think um, a striker will certainly be who I, I am not one to say who it might be, to be frank. Um, uh, listen, every team in the world is looking for a guy that's going to be able to score 10 to 15 goals a year. Um, so it's really, it's really hard to say, but listen, I appreciate, uh, so much you writing in and I appreciate you listening. I'd like to thank our guest, Alicia Rodriguez. I'd like to thank our, st our stat man, Zach Feldman, uh, and you as well. We will be back next week with the 500th episode of Seeing Red, where the greatest all-time scorer in club history, Bradley Wright Phillips, will be our guest. Enjoy the match Sunday at 3 at ABC. I'm calling it a 1-1 draw. Keep it real, Red Bull fans. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Seeing Red. Get us anywhere you get your podcasts and always at seeingredny.com.